You're listening to the Ones Ready Podcast, a team of Air Force Special Operators forged in combat with over 70 years of combined operational experience, as well as a decade of selection instructor experience. If you're tired of settling and you want to do something you truly believe in, you're in the right place. Now here's your favorite CCT personality, JTAC extraordinaire, embracer of the ridiculous face, and like the shortest operator you'll ever meet, Peaches. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Ones Ready podcast. We're happy to have you in the team room with us. And as always, thank you for tuning in and listening. Hopefully you've subscribed and have left us a review, whether that's good or bad. I don't know. We'll just take it and and roll with it however however you see fit. So um, check us out on YouTube or on Spotify. And don't forget to check out some of our partners. So today we'll talk about Strike Force Energy. I've said it in the past. I don't think I've actually ever brought in a packet, but they come in these nifty little packets. You mix it in some water, and then that's your on-the-go go juice. Um, I've, I've also said it before. You can not have water and throw it right in. That is um, a recommendation. That is that is not the preferred Indeed. technique, man, you it's better a, be ready. Yeah. I, I don't know what kind of life you're living where you can't just like find a cup of water or like find a, a drinking fountain or something to make that happen. But man, if, if that's how your life is, it's not terrible. Well, it is terrible, but you can get it, through it. It can be done. It's, but, it uh, can't be done. It is, it is stout. Yeah. <laughs> so if you guys do check them out, they're over at strikeforceenergy.com and use the promo code ones ready and you guys will get a discount. Uh, we don't get anything from it. It's just us. They're helping us out by spot by you know being a partner, and then you know they're helping you out by giving you a discount. And of course, I use my own discount code as well. Like who doesn't? So <laughs> I have discount codes for. I have entire notes on my phone that are just like, oh, this is this page's discount code. Like this is Strike Force's <laughs> discount code. Make sure to put in ones ready, and you'll get you know like ten percent off or whatever it is. Like I have to no kidding remind myself of what they are. We put the uh, partner link on the page, I believe. Brian, did we not? Yeah, definitely. Check go check it out over there, and you can check out all the codes and all the people that we're affiliated with. If you go to onesready.com under the uh, partner link. If you just do a subscription too. Then you just don't have to worry about putting on the code every time. You're subscribed. Get it every <laughs> few weeks. It's all, it's amazing. There is that. It just should, the energy fairy just shows up and bestows <laughs> upon you strike force energy. <laughs> <laughs> just just sprinkles it. <laughs> uh, you guys are gonna have to go to the YouTube channel and check out exactly the visual of what that sound was. <laughs> like it was it was beautiful. <laughs> All right. So moving on to what we actually want to talk to you about is motivation. We get asked a lot of questions uh, and hey, even internally, I ask my own self what motivates me, what drives me to do certain things. Um, and, And kind of this topic sparked by really the amount of questions that we were getting on, hey, what motivates you? And when you look at it on the surface, without really diving into it, it's kind of tough. You're like, well, I just do it. I know, you know, you know, I, there's no question. I just go and I, and I do it. But if you actually take a moment to take a step back and figure out what does in fact motivate you, I think some of it could be pretty surprising. I think a lot of people go with the really positive, um, you know, positive motivation, which I'm still a proponent for positive mental attitude, PMA. Sure. Hey, you have to, that's on every single war that we put out there. You better bring the PMA (laughs) dog. I don't want to see any poo poo faces. Exactly. But, um, if you're someone like me, you tend to have a, a little bit more of a negative connotation with what you 
motivate yourself with. So like, for example, for me, um, and it's going to sound trivial maybe, but I, I don't like, I don't mind winning. I like, I like winning, but I hate losing even more. Oh, you're speaking my so, language, dog. Yeah. You're spe- we get, I don't know how many times I said it. Like, I'm going to have to get a tattoo that says we get wins more. in this organization. Be- oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, and I know I'm not the only one. Aaron, you just touched on it a little bit. You want to go into to yours? Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Well, I mean, just on the winning thing, I don't know how many times I've said it because I apply it to everything. Like, it's not okay with me, you know, with my guys or, or the people that I want to see do well. It's not okay that they're not good at things like admin. Like, you cannot like admin. You'd be like, this sucks. I don't want to do it. But guys that consistently cannot write EPR packages that aren't pushing for those awards, guys that aren't like really, really good at the administrative piece, like, I don't find that to be okay. And I always say, I'm like, listen, we get wins in this organization, whether it's a silly of the quarter award or whether it's, you know, I walk around our squadron and I'm like five flight, best flight in the, in the squadron. You know, I say that all the time, <laughs> just like uh, I stole it from uh, Russell Wilson. Have you ever seen Russell Wilson, the quarterback end every single interview, go see how he ends every single interview he gets done. He's like, all right, go Hawks. And then he runs off. But I always thought that was funny. So just as I leave anywhere in the squadron, I'm just like, all right, five flight, best flight in squadron. See you guys later. But I, I hate, I hate feeling that lacking feeling that you're talking about that lose. Like, listen, I love to win just like you're saying, but man, do I hate to lose. Yeah. And yeah, I, go ahead, Brian. I'm sorry. Yeah. I just think on that whole, what you were talking about there, Aaron, um, you know, the most important part about whether or not you believe that you're going to be able to like do admin stuff. Cause I, I kind of felt the same way in some of the things that we're, I was doing, um, through PA score when I was like first learning ropes, I was just like, man, I just do not get this at all. Like this is just you ropes know, was really hard my, for me over too. my head. Yeah. And it's every time I come back to this and if it's been like a month or whatever, I'm just like, I, I don't even remember where we left off last time. That what was that magic trick you did last time. Yeah. What, how did you, you tie where that? You did the five to one. Yeah. yeah you just exactly. flipped over the carabiner or whatever. <laughs> you just flipped so, it over and it was, a, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh, I <laughs> and it was it. a five to one instead of a three to one. But I think the, the big thing here is like when I was a kid, uh, my dad always used to tell me, don't say that I can't do something. And it's the same kind of deal here. You know, if you walk up and you're like, I just don't know, I can't do ropes or I can't do EPRs. I just don't ever do them. And I can't, it's like, okay, well, maybe you don't want to right now, but you can do them. It's not like, you know, all of the, you know, Aaron's that much smart. He's obviously he's smarter than all the rest of us, but he's not that much <laughs> that smarter. Is, man, that's like we can figure claim. out. Yikes. the things that that he does and you know make it our own way you know people have different ways of doing it but if you need to write down a bullet or whatever you just figure out little t- tips and tricks to make it so you can remember those things and not commit to i can't because once you commit to anything then it's going to be like that for you know the rest of your life yeah just this weekend man i i was putting a, a 1206 together i sent it out to a couple people that i know that are great and i'm just like hey you know i sent it out to our friend bc um, BC is a crow and I've worked for him for a long time, but he is a savant with writing any of that stuff. So I literally wrote this thing up and I sent it to him and I was like, Hey man, like when I was his flight chief, he used to tell me if he, if he could spend less than an hour, like the first TPR I wrote for him was trash. And he was like, get this out of here, man. He's like, I looked at this for an hour and a half last night. And then I just turned it off. He's like, you need to start over. Like, and he gave me some feedback, but I, he was so good at it. Like he's always going to change stuff. So I, there was like a time window. So I was like, man, if I could get this to around like 40 minutes, that's when I know I wrote a good product. Cause he was going to change it. Cause he was better at it. But, uh, 
even that I was like, okay, about 40 minutes, but I, I sent it to him the other night and I was like, Hey, hopefully this is about a 40 minute product, man. Can you give me some feedback? Cause I want to, I want to get to that Jedi level. Let me just, uh, also for you guys that aren't in the military yet, EPRs. And oh, geez, wow, that's, just, this is terrible. I was saying, I we went, we just, went off on a big acronym. Yeah, wow. We went off on a Yikes. thing and I want you guys to know Man. what we're talking about instead of, uh, you know, just My thinking that we're talking about nothing. So basically on an EPR, you have a certain amount of lines that you fit in a certain amount of space per line. And within those spaces per line, you want to fit it all the way up to the very last character that goes in that line. And you want to put as much information packed and hard hitting, uh, whatever your troop did, um, as possible. And then, you know, numbers, all that stuff, just try and make it sound like this guy is amazing. And they, it represents all the stuff that they did. And then they go up against a board and, you know, they see the packages and they rate, you know, all that stuff. So just so you guys know, it's a lot, it's really difficult to yeah, get out and it's when just, you first start. Yeah. Yeah. And it's military writing. All of the writing yeah. is different. Every like from emails to the way that you compose papers to the way that you actually like physically talk to people. Like you've seen the cliche where everybody's like, Roger that locked and loaded all the time, which is <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly how we talk all the time inside the team room. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I think our years in the Air Force are showing like our years in service combined because we're over here talking about writing. It's uh, <laughs> the senior airman version of ourselves would be slapping us it's right now. Sad. Yeah, they're all, all right. like, <laughs> what are you nerds uh, talking about? Shit. Up. Bring <laughs> it back to the, the not losing thing, though, Peach. I want to just hit on that, too. Um, I think we're trained from that, trained to do that from indoc also because i remember, you know, as an instructor and when I was going through, we'd have races like go to the creek uh dunk yourselves bear crawl through or whatever and then run back here the first dude everyone would always notice and sometimes it was in a bad way because he was just like you know always trying to get the glory but you know if you finish with a team you know you can finish and it was everything was fine if you were that last dude then you just got harassed oh, it was man. a bad day for because you they, they had plenty of time and they're looking to see, i'm just sitting there as an instructor and i'm like who's it gonna be exactly who's gonna be last You're, just all the instructors don't be last don't be last <laughs> all the way down the road so i think if you're the first you're like oh good job dude and then the last you're like what are you doing yeah, those are the only two people that matter who won and who was last everybody else in the middle that's just a, that's just a rep like you're gonna run that one again i recently so kind of what helped you know capture that in my mind was i was listening to another podcast that had matt frazier on it so you know four-time crossfit game champion right and he was talking about um, the podium placement. So you have, you know, first, second, and third. First place, you know, hey, that's fantastic. That's where you want to be, right? Third place, the first and third place guys or people are extremely happy because first place, he won. Third place, hey, he, met, he, he you know, ranked. He's podium. Yeah, he made the podium. Right? He right? made the podium. Yeah. The second guy is the one that is almost always pissed off that he got Just, set. Yep. You're the yep. first loser. Yeah. You know, and it, and it's, you used know. to start thinking about those times where it could have gone differently. I think the worst too is like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie and say that I've never taken a loss, you know, especially at work, you know, oh, trying yeah. to, trying to get things done or trying to get a school mm -hmm. or whatever. Like sometimes you just can't win. Um, it doesn't make it okay. I hate those losses every single time. Every single time, it still it still stings. Every single time, you have to. <laughs> All right, so Aaron, we'll start with you. What kind of devious things motivate you to push through difficult workouts? Oh man, I am a big proponent of the pain cave. So we have uh, Chief Cox. He's actually going to be the Special Warfare Training 
group chief now with uh, TX. So he and, and TX are going to take the, the organization down there. So he's on his way down, but he gave a great mental armor brief talking about how to kind of prepare yourself and like exercises for things you're going to see to, to actually get you mentally engaged beforehand. Cause there's nothing essentially left of bang for, and we've talked about mental health a lot, right? So this is actually like a program where you can actually like have almost a mental fitness routine leading up to what you think is going to be a stressful event, like a deployment. Right. Um, so as he was kind of talking through the mental armor brief, he talked about dropping in and we all do it, right? Like Brian, if you walked into a training room and there's a mannequin and somebody just reads you off, you know, Hey, here are the vitals, here are the problems go like immediately, you know, to just click right into that. You, you drop into that scenario and you're mentally yeah. engaged. Muscle memory every time. That's what we train for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Boom. Walk it out, walk out of my room right now. And you know, if it happens, it happens. <laughs> exactly. You're like, Hey, I, I can do it. We were talking before, you know, we started recording, but like, um, you know, having something pop off basically, you know, at any time you need to be able to drop in to that event. And I am a big proponent of it. So when I'm in the pain cave, when I'm just hurting, like I have levels, right? Like, cause you're under 30 minute, like workout, like pain fest, or when you're really hurting kind of in that range, you know, it's short enough to where you can be like, okay, you listen to music, you kind of vibe out, you're cool. When it goes like an hour plus for me, that's when I know I got to get like serious. Like I got to think about, um, usually the, the thing that I default to a lot in those moments is like, I'll think about friends that have, uh, aren't here anymore. Or I try to think about something that emotionally attaches me to that moment. Cause it actually works like all emotion in that moment, whether it's rage or anger or, you know, sadness for missing somebody or, you know, even feeling love for, you know, faint like, cause people will think about their family. Cause that's why they're doing it. Like th those are good in those moments. And I, I like to, I like the idea of dropping in and really being present and being there at the workout, you know? Um, I think that's so, why, why hero wads in CrossFit are, are so awesome. I, I mean, love them, man. They are suck fest. Yeah, they're but, terrible. 31 heroes. Just, it, oh, it crushes me mm, every single yeah. year. I have such good memories of, of being down and shout to Sandia CrossFit. What's up, Sibo and everybody down there. Um, but being down there with them and we would do it with the students and we'd have huge teams, 150, 200 people, um, that would go through. And I had great memories of, of those days down there. Um, but man, it just always just flattens me. Like it, it that one hurts. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Completely. Yeah. I, and I think that's for me is like, you know, you find, it's funny. We we're talking about this where at the very beginning you were like, no, we just turn it on. It's just time to go. Right. Well, we do that because we've done it so many times. We know exactly how to flip that switch and go, all right, now I'm at work now and I have a problem that I need to fix. And you know, we can turn that on a lot. So, um, but I think, I think that motivation goes into overall times and, you know, general, not just during a workout, but you know, difficult times in life, difficult situations. Yeah, so. for sure. And it's seeing wacky things that you've never heard of before. You know, I, I still get surprised by, you know, a friend will tell me a scenario that, that he's in or one of my team guys will have a problem and we'll start working through it. And you're just like, holy cow, I, I cannot believe, I, you know, I still haven't seen that. That's new every single day. So I'm glad that I have all that experience behind me where I can go, oh, okay, well, I may not have seen this thing, but I've seen things kind of like this. So I at least know how to, how to start attacking the problem, you know, and if not, then I reach out to my friends, which I do all the time. I'm like, Hey, have you ever seen this? Do you know anything about this? Um, yeah. <laughs> all right, cool. So Trent, you're kind of a sick and twisted and very sarcastic <laughs> dude. I mean, 
right? <laughs> Maybe sarcastic. I'm a nice guy. Totally normal. Uh, I love the sick and twisted angle because yeah, all I'm thinking yeah. about is that cartoon of you, <laughs> the clown from it. You'll float. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's, yeah. We all float down here. <laughs> That's right. Log rolls cure Fantastic. all ills. <laughs> Uh, so, so what good. are some of the things that motivate you? Do you have negative thoughts that help drive you or do you kind of go on the positive route? I mean, if, if I'm thinking about my baseline motivation, um, you know, I'm, I'm, it, it's pretty common uh, uh, reason is, is family. And when I say family, what I mean is as I've, I've, as I've moved through my career, what family is and how it motivates me has changed throughout my career. Um, so like in the beginning, right? Like I remember that first day, uh, you get your uniform and you get your name, your name tag and you slap it on your chest. And uh, I have a very unusual last name. And so I felt that pressure of representing my family name as soon as I joined the air force and that pushed me along for a lot of things. Yeah. Cause um, it's distinctive. People yeah. are like, there's not a whole lot of signalers running around. So you're like, yeah, got it. Yeah. They'll remember me forever as opposed to like some Smith that is like, there's a hundred Smiths that come through this place every week. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, that, that motivated me for a long time, but then, uh, my motivation never really changed because my, my family evolved through my career. Um, so like I, I showed up at my first duty station at Bragg, uh, as a Southie, right. When, when I call people, my brother, I'm not, I'm not kidding. You know, like my family, the, the people that I don't want to disappoint, the people that I want to live up to their expectations, the people that I want to, uh, help, uh, or the people that did all the work prior to me getting there to put me where I'm at. I want to make sure that I don't disappoint them. I don't squander the opportunities that they set up for me. Um, and then that motivates me to push forward and push the envelope a little bit. And then also to push the next generation of guys a little bit harder to, to get a little bit further. So yours is still kind of, you know, rooted in fear of failure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I hate that. <laughs> uh, well, I think in, in Moneyball, Brad Pitt said it like, I, I hate losing more than I like winning. Um, that is an absolute truth yeah I, I don't know why it's not like i've won a whole bunch so i've just lost a whole bunch <laughs> <laughs> i violently agree with this statement but it, it's like i, I don't want to spit like so you like your parents right i think that the american dream is every generation moves up right and the same thing in like every generation of pararescue combat control is supposed to get a little bit better i don't want to spit in the face of the people that came before me that put all that work in all the giants uh whose shoulders i'm standing on i don't want to spit in their face by not uh, trying my hardest and and uh, you know utilizing my abilities and talents to the uh, the fullest extent, um, I, otherwise I feel like yeah if I'm losing if I'm not trying my hardest then I'm just poking them in the eye and being like yeah thanks for putting me here I'm just going to take advantage of all these opportunities that you set up for me and not try it all that's that yeah. doesn't make any I, sense I saw it on the the Instagrams on on the Facebooks somewhere it was a uh, it, it basically said you know when you don't believe in yourself that's basically attacking everybody that does like everybody yep. else that does mm-hmm. believe in you like that's like you're, you're doing exactly what you're saying. You're like all those people believe in you. You're just like, nah, not good enough. So yeah, I like yeah, that. Not angle. only that, like all the work that the people that, you know, when you're in high school, you did sports, your parents, they tried to teach you all these things. Like, you know, like I said, my dad taught me not to say I can't, but if I, you know, go through and I tell him, you know, I just quit, I couldn't do it. You know, as I'm an adult, I have to take responsibility and just look him in the eye and say like, I, everything that you did, for me and everything that you taught me when I was a kid was worthless because I just, you know, spit it back in your face. Yep. Yeah. And, and I know this is not exactly tied to motivation, but since you brought up the parents thing, I know we had, I just 
seen something on uh, on Reddit and I replied to it and basically his his dad or his mom and dad are not supportive of him becoming a PJ. He's got uh, close to a six-figure job, freaking college degree, and he hates his job, hates where he's at in life, and he wants more. So he's motivated, right? Because you don't get to where he's at at the age of 24 without being motivated. And then to hit your parents with, this is what I want to do, and then not support you in the, in the least, you know, to, you know, what happens if you get shot or you could die, you could do all this, you know, and you're, you're comfortable. You've got a secure job, right? Um, man, if, if he doesn't take that motivation and move towards being a PJ, which is what he wanted to do, he will end up regretting it for the rest of his life, resenting his parents. And I'm not, I'm not saying that his parents aren't justified because I'm sure it comes from a a place of love and and care. But man, if you find yourself in that situation, you have to use that motivation that you have because you obviously have a lot if you're going to give up what you have and and go put yourself through this. Um, Use that. And and yeah. uh, And it's it's always funny how the first time in your life where you kind of really have to you start making these hard choices. Usually it is with your parents about something where it's like, you realize like your parents are just, it's always funny. You, you grow up to a certain age and you think your parents are just like these superhero people. And then you have that one time where you're like, wait a second, you're figuring this shit out the day by day, just like I am. And you have that time where you're like, <laughs> wait a second. And then like, now I'm, you know, I'm 40 now. Like I, I am, you know, who I, who I saw my parents. I'm like, they had no clue. Like you're just, I watched my, my brother and sister-in-law with a, you know, a two year old and a, a, you know, a one year old or a two year old and like a six month old. I'm like, your life is radically different. You know, you're just, you're, you're juggling chainsaws all day trying to figure stuff out. Exactly. Right. So it's, but it's funny. Like you're going to have to do that a lot of times in your journey. Like you're going to come to this crossroads where you're going to like, Hey, I want to, I want to try to do this thing. And I hope you're on board with me. But if you're not, you got to understand, like, I'm going to go do it because like you said, like it might be his, why this might be his reason. This might be his his calling or his universal goal or whatever it is that, you know, you want to call it in woo woo terms or not, like this might be a thing that he has to go do. And it sucks that sometimes your parents aren't on board. It doesn't mean that they don't love you. You just have a difference of opinion on this one. I think another thing that that I kind of think about this, I've asked this question a lot is what motivates me and that kind of thing. But, um, as far as motivation is concerned, I see motivation as like, um, you know, a kid in the candy store and they see a candy that they want. Like, Ooh, that looks really good. I'm motivated. The motivation is there because they want that candy. But, you know, later on in life, why do they want that candy? And that is the purpose. And I think that's what um, kind of long term drives a person rather than just the motivation in general. Because motivation, we get motivation to do whatever. Like we're going to work out one day this week or, or somebody, something like that. But what gets you up the rest of the week is your purpose. And that drives your motivation l- later on that way. You know, you're not skipping workouts. You're not doing whatever. Cause you think if you're going to join the military, yeah, it's fun. You're going to put on that race. You see the motivation on Instagram or whatever. You see all these cool pictures. And then when you get home, there's no pictures, nothing else driving you when you you're at in or when you're at selection, there's nothing else driving you. You're not thinking about like, cool, the beret's nice or whatever. But the purpose of you doing all that and going through these struggles is for you to go and save a person's life or go help your teammates out by dropping bombs or go out there and, you know, 
um, gather intel information or whatever. So I think the purpose is the overall driving factor um, and motivation kind of is those short spurts of like, all right, I'm going to go do this to, to fulfill my purpose. It, it can be a short spurt. Absolutely. And, and I think it's um, a misconception that each and every one of us is automatically motivated as soon as we wake up. I mean, there, there, yeah, there are Get days, there, nope. there are days yeah. that it is like that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and I, but don't think for the people out there, do not think that there aren't days that I wake up and I'm just going, no way. There, how can I pot? Like I am just not. Just no way. Just uh, absolutely you know, not. And, and then it is a, it, you remember, this is not a decision, right? There, there is no choice. It's happening. You know, now what, that doesn't mean that you don't take rest days. You just take deliberate rest days, like planned, mm-hmm. planned out. You know what I mean? Like, and you still got to listen to your body. So, you know, if you feel shin splints coming on, you don't go out and, you know, throw 90, <laughs> 90 pound ruck on and go for 12 I'm going to like, teach my body who's boss. Yeah, exactly. It, it just doesn't work like that. So you got to listen to your body as well. Like, I can't just say, hey, there's, there's never a choice. You just go out there and do it because you just got to go out there and hurt yourself. But um, it, if you are deliberate about your rest days and then understand that you're going to wake up some days or you, or in the afternoon after work when you're tired and you're not going to feel like working out, we all get it. That's That's my point. We all feel that. We are no different than you guys out there. Oh, yeah. And I'm in worse shape. So, you know, I hate working out in the afternoon. This is just a tangent because it was well said. Like, I don't have anything to add on because it was perfect, but I hate working out in the afternoon. When I start pushing my workout to like 2.30, 3 o'clock and I haven't worked out yet that day, I'm just like, the likelihood of this workout happening at all is going down <laughs> minute by minute. Quickly diminishing. Unless you have that so guy fat. that, you're, that yep. you promise you're going to work out with them. Yeah. Then you're like, dude, I, I told that guy I was going to go work guy. out with him. Meanwhile, he, yeah. my uh, really, really good friend that's uh, getting, he's he's out now, Chris Sobel. But Chris always used to laugh because he and I would train together in the pipeline. And we would, <laughs> we'd be walking out to go do some heinous workout. And he would just look at me and be like, I don't know, man. You want to quit? I don't want to do this, but I don't want to quit. <laughs> and I'm like, yep. nope, no, Chris, come on, we're going. <laughs> and then we would just go do whatever heinous workout. But he's like, it only takes one. If just one of us just doesn't want to do it, maybe we just go have dinner or something, you know? Like, shut up. And that's why it's important to find uh, accountability yeah. in some place. You've got to have accountability, whether that is somebody in person, a workout partner, a training partner, whether it's, you know, your spouse, your girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever it is. Um, was it on the IG that we answered the, what does it take to be a good training partner? Or was it on like one of the emails? You guys remember that question coming? It was actually a really good question. Somebody, I'll have to look through my DMs. Maybe somebody sent it to me, but they were like, Hey, my friend wants to train for this thing. What do I need to do to be a good training partner? And I was like, Oh man, that's a, that's a great question. Like you can't ever be the one that cancels the workout. Like no, show up early. You're going to be sore too. try to do the same things that they're doing and just be there. You only need to be there for that 10% where your boy is just like, or your girl, whoever is just like, I don't feel like it. I think I'm going to cancel this one. You just no, need to not. go one time. Go, no, nah, man, we plan this one. Let's just go knock it out. Even if we do something different or if we switch it up, fine, but let's, let's go do that. I'm like, that's, that's a great training partner right there. Yeah. Yeah. And another yeah. technique for the people that don't like, can't get a training partner is, um, and I, not that I've done this, but I've, I've heard people do this is they kind of do a call to action on social media where they go, Hey, I'm going out to 
whatever, run this half mile or uh, not half mile, half marathon. Right. And yeah, that, that one's not called an action worthy. I'm going to run this half mile. This 800 <laughs> meters is going down folks. <laughs> Follow me on my what? IG live for the next three and a half minutes. <laughs> three million views. <laughs> so, you know, you can, you can set your goals out on social media in front of everybody. And once you set it out there, I mean, people will wonder, Hey, when in two months or whatever it is, when this thing rolls around, I better be seeing results. You know? And you know, the yeah. internet remains undefeated. You know, the second you're like, you're going to get a screen cap and it's going to be your post and you're going to have to see your own post. And they're going to be like, this you, what's up? Where, where <laughs> you got on? The, other, the other way, the opposite way to think about it is what happens if I don't do this today? Like you can say that for one day. Okay. I'll feel a little bit less tired throughout the day. But at the end of the day, when you're at selection and you said, I didn't want to wake up so many different times throughout the course of your training. And then you show up, you can't do the push-ups, You can't do the underwaters. Everyone else is smoking you. You have only yourself to blame. So when you wake up and you don't do the workouts or study or do whatever, like you promised yourself that you were going to do, then you have only yourself to blame. And in reality, you know, no one else is going to care about your career as much as you do. At this point in time, you're an adult, you're making your own decisions. We're not, no one's going to force you to do anything. It's going to motivate you to do whatever. If you have a, a friend like uh, Aaron was talking about that shows up at the end of the day, is like, well, I guess we're going to freaking do this thing. Um, so it's <laughs> awesome to have that's that the stuff. Best, yeah. Well, looks but like this is Personal accountability um, at the end of the day is what's going to make you stand out and be the person that's selected or be the person that's going to do the job the best. So. Well, Brian, yeah. shifting gears a little bit, um, because obviously you went through the pipeline, you were a PJ, but now you just spent the last, was it a year or 18 months? Two and a half years. Two and a half years. Okay. Two and a half years. Don't, 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 don't mean to shortchange it. Yeah, nobody's counting anything. <laughs> yeah. So two and a half years. Two to years, become, nine months, and no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> to be a physician's assistant. So um, I would not have wanted to go through some of the academic struggles that you did but like what you you talked about days that you don't want to study days that you don't want to train what motivated you to study train and you were also running bpj.com too so yeah. like where did you find all that motivation and i i think time management is probably for another podcast because yeah. wow but um, where did you find that whenever you don't want to study? There were days that, like you said, I had my planned rest days. Um, I always just focused, you know, each night. Um, I've read a couple of books that mentioned the same thing. You focus on your work during the day and then at night you focus on your passions. So it's the same deal for me. So I would work throughout the day, work in that, in this context, going to school, which was the worst thing I could do. I would have rather went through in-doc the entire time <laughs> over and over again. But it's just like <laughs> our awesome. personality it was, types. It was just the worst thing I could have done. <laughs> it was absolutely terrible for me, like in every single way. And I was hating life for a long time. I don't time know why because, this is, I don't know. I've never heard you speak this strongly about it. This is hilarious to me right now. Why was it so bad, dude? Well, because I'm not living it anymore. Now, like once you're done with whatever yeah. that was hellacious, you're just like, 
screw that stuff. I'm so glad that I'm done and I don't have to look Got at, it. at that. And when I'm in it, I'm like, oh, everything's fine. Everything's fine right now. But it's all burning <laughs> down around you. You yeah. are the cartoon it's, dog. It's that this mean, is fine. Yeah, with the dog. Everything's fine. fine. I just try to pretend like I can just cruise through it only a couple more months. Everything's fine. But in the you know, meantime, all everything's going crazy and I'm just uh, losing my mind. But um, I kind of forgot what I was talking about now. But the, the biggest thing is you work on your passions at night and then you work on your work during the day. So I would choose those days where I would have to, you know, focus on we're doing podcasts that day or doing a, a post or doing a whatever event because I did the events in between there too. And um, so a lot of that just um, was just that time management portion. But then thinking about the patients that I would have to treat, obviously I had to learn all this information and that was kind of the reason why I went in the military in the first place was because there were patients that I wasn't able to people that I was not able to treat before I came in the military and I didn't know what to do. So it's the same thing. I think that's what, you know, drives PJs in general is like we came in to help people and to do a certain job uh, that we were told is going to help people. So that's it. And our life is worth risking because of that potential purpose and patience that we might be able to save later on. So those things motivated me. And then a uh, huge thing was just, I didn't want to be a dummy and get kicked out of the PA program and go back to the career field, a failure. Oh, that'd be, even, you just show up with your beret on one day, like, Hey, uh, what are you, what are you doing? Up, You're guys? coming, you, you coming through town? Like, no, nah, are, are you a PA now? I'm coming um, back to work. No one would give you a hard time. I think it would have been fine. You would have been fine. <laughs> Dude, it's like it's like failing myself in the mirror. Yeah, Yeah. failing jump master course or something like that. Just freaking no! Did you take the short short course? Uh, The show hate to see it, Phil. Nope, not gonna happen. So, I mean, a lot of those things motivated me throughout. And I think for those people that are out there, I also wanted to do this to test myself because uh, you know I was strong enough to go through indoc or whatever. But was I smart enough to go through PA school with all these other people that are just brainiacs? And they would just walk around. And it was kind of like when I first got to Indoc, honestly, like they'd say, oh, you don't know what to look for? What lab to look for if a person has testicular cancer or if a person has liver cancer or <laughs> no, whatever? No, like, that's why I'm here. No, I'm here to learn that stuff. I, yeah, I, didn't, I, I didn't do it ahead of time. I wanted them to teach me it. Yeah, they're paying me to teach me that. And anyways, I was like, man, I'm way behind, I guess, because all these people are way smarter than me and they know so much more than I do. And it's the same thing when I went to Indoc. Um, I mentioned a couple episodes ago, people were like, yeah, I was swimming like 8,000 meters every single day and I was holding my breath for five minutes and I was just like, what do I get myself into? I can't Uh-oh. do any of those things. <laughs> yeah. It's like the narrator is like, Brian was not prepared. <laughs> yeah, just the narrator in my head, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think, uh, you know, anybody can do things that, most people can do the things that you see everyone else like rocket scientists astronaut whatever those are going to take a lot longer and a lot more work to do but if i wanted to be a doctor i feel like i could be a doctor or if i wanted to be whatever then i could do that because the preparation that i got going through and going through all these difficult schools that are called you know are revered i guess um we see them as like you know all right we're just going to do another jump master course or we're just going to do another whatever course it's just another thing and we set up our mind like okay let's get in the mode reverse plan and yep. goal is this what do i have to do to get those whatever and make this happen so i can move on with my life and keep and then on. you're just like all right well here we yeah. go yeah and i, yeah. I, I think you can't get, get out of it you might get a as lot well of, get into it yeah you get a lot of distractors um people need to focus on their end goal and 
not worry about some of the chaff that goes by, you know? Well, I so. think what happens is is the first step is is seizing your personal authority over yourself, right? And, and uh, there's a there's a lot of goodness to having like a training partner or someone that motivates you or helps you or external factors. But until you hold yourself responsible for everything that does or does not happen, and I think that's what happens throughout the pipeline is is it's a learning experience. So what ha- you'll you'll see these guys go through it, and what happens is in the beginning they might be like, "This isn't my fault," and then by the end of the pipeline, it's like, "Yeah, that was my bad. Like we'll fix it next time." We'll, you know, we'll do it moving out next task. Let's go. Uh, and that's just where your, your authority in your head lies. It's, it's not your parents' authority anymore. It's not your instructor's authority. It's not anything else. It's you signed up for it. You said you would do it. I'm going to go do it. Uh, no excuses. Uh, you know, just moving out. Hey, take an ownership of it. Right. Um, the other thing that I think about when I'm going through difficult courses or like selection or anything is, this is my time for me to be good at this. Like I'm not going to get more time in the future. It's not going to get easier later on. Like this is nope. my time. It's right only going to get harder. Yeah, yeah. This is the only, yeah, that's a great way to think about it. Like once I'm done, I'm expected it. to perform at a certain level and everyone's going to expect that. So if you get done with selection, you know, you go deploy with seals, they're going to expect you to perform. Like they're going to say, Hey, here's your rock. We're going to go on whatever movement. They're just going to expect you to do it. They're not yep. going to expect you to like, oh, let me teach you how to wear your boots. Let me teach you how to, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's like. Have you had a, had, have you had an equipment packing class where we talk about the rucksack? <laughs> All right. So this is a large frame Alice rock. Hmm. Might want to pack extra socks. <laughs> <laughs> and for, and for those people, Brian, I, I just want to go back to what you were talking about, you know. People that are saying, I, I swam 8,000 meters and I was holding my breath for five minutes. Like some of those people, and, and they're with every single class that comes through, but a lot of those people are some of the first ones to quit. So they might I, also I, be lying and full of it. Exactly. <laughs> they could also be lying. They could, oh, yeah, these things may be correlated. They could be lying <laughs> and quitters. I'm sorry, Jared. <laughs> no, no, no. 100%. I, I agree. I'm just I'm taking them at face value. But. <laughs> a lot of feelings behind yeah. those words, Trent. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of feelings behind those words. Okay, not to go too far off the road, but like when you ask a student, you're like, how can you not do like 45 push ups? And their answer is, well, I've been training for the last three years. And I, you're like, okay. I don't know you haven't or whatever you call training is not training. I could do 800 pushups before I got here. Like, <laughs> no, you have not. Yeah. Awesome. I, I spend two hours in the gym every day, bro. Yeah. All right. What are you doing in there? Just at the water fountain, take a breaks every 10 seconds. They got free Wi-Fi, kicking it. Got to post to the ground. They're, they're on the bench or whatever, just on yeah. their phone, just looking at that mirror. Oh, time for a set. <laughs> God, yeah. You knock it out. Uh, so anyway, things are not as they appear when you enter the pipeline for all those people that are, saying they did all these things to help train. So, um, you guys got any other things motivation wise that you want to discuss before we close this up? Yeah, I got one more thing. Um, last thing is just, um, I kind of see motivation. Like I was talking about motivation and purpose. I see it kind of in phases. Um, so you think about your workout that you're going through, um, you're motivated at first or whatever you step into the, the gym and then you start to get a little bit tired I like to start to get angry. I like to listen to angry music. And it's the same thing whenever I get in a, you know, a situation like we're doing bear crawls and the instructor was yelling at me or when I would yell at them, you know, I'd see people just get angry and they power through and they're just like, screw you. I'm going to freaking do this. That lasts for, you know, a couple minutes or so. And then you start to, 
get on something else because you know when you're going through something like etd you can't just be angry the entire time so the second thing that i jokes on I, you I, yes i can <laughs> I did well, it multiple can. times. I was but mad the whole time. <laughs> it's not going to help you uh, perform better the entire time or continue through it. Um, the next thing was looking to your team and whether it's, you know, looking at your team and saying like, if this guy's still here, I can do it also. Or, you know, just motivating yourself by looking around and keeping your head up. Like we said in some of the past episodes, um, that got me through a lot of different, uh, difficult times, just like, you know, whether it's school and I'm like, I'm not a dummy. I'm smarter than this guy. Like, let's keep on pushing through, or I'm not a little bitch. Like I can get through <laughs> this guy's getting through, um, same thing. And then the last thing is always drive back to your purpose and your, why you started this in the first place. And remember that moment that you committed to this, this, uh, whole pipeline or, you know, series of adverse events that you put yourself through and know that you're going to be, um, going through this for the foreseeable future and just enjoy it while you can. Um, and then the last thing was, I just want to go over a quote by Victor Frankl is, um, a man search for meaning. If you haven't read the book, it's on the, the reading list, but it's just one of my greatest fears is not to be, is not to be worthy of my sufferings. So you guys are going to go through suffer a lot. Um, like I said, you're going to be, have to perform at a certain level and you're going to have to show that you are worthy of the things that you've been through. You know, when you finish jump mass course, you do it. When, you, when you're done with selection, you go out there and do the mission and there's no question that you're going to be able to finish it. So those are the last things that I want to throw in there. Solid. Well, uh, Trent, you got anything else? Any parting shots after that uh, firm wrap up from the man? I just want a silverback shirt that says I'm not a dummy on it. I'm not. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm not a dummy. I'm not a dummy, and I'm uh, and I am not a little b. Seems yeah. like a good place to end it, man. We want to thank everybody for coming out. We appreciate you. Hit the Instagram page, hit the Facebook page, hit the like and subscribe button on the YouTube. Come out, hit us up in the DMs if you guys have any questions. We're here for you guys. So go out, train hard, earn each breath. See you next time. Later. Later.